back in Hebrews chapter number 10. Uh, and uh, uh, I've got a lot of uh, reasons uh, why I'm preaching uh, what I'm preaching today. I won't go into all of those for the sake of time. And, uh, but one of the uh, things that uh, in recent weeks that I've been able to uh, enjoy was my family being here uh, and my grandbabies being here as well. Uh, and uh, I enjoy that. I enjoy being around them and playing with them, uh, watching them. You know, uh, it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And it's, 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 uh, it hasn't worn off yet. It's new to me. Uh, and uh, so people have to uh, just bear with me uh, about those types of things. Uh, but uh, one of the, um, uh, in our text here, verse number 22, um, as Paul, who I believe is the writer, uh, says, um, after having uh, rehearse for us all that God has done for us in salvation uh, and laid out the fact that we have uh, an intercessor, a high priest, and, and we're to go to the throne of uh, God with boldness uh, and enter into his presence. Uh, and because of that, um, he lays out the practical things. Last week we spoke to the fact that we give a lot of lip service to God, but, uh, but not a lot of real service. We, we know uh, what the Word of God says. We know what we're supposed to, to do, uh, but we tend uh, to the flesh and, and disobedience. And it's a struggle uh, that we all have uh, as Christians living for God with all of uh, the distractions and things. So he says to us, let us draw near uh, with a true heart because we have access to the throne of God, uh, because God has been so good and having a high priest in the house of God, let's draw near to Him. Uh, we've mentioned in previous weeks uh, one of the sad, uh, saddest things about Christianity uh, is that we have access and we don't use it. Uh, we have privileges uh, as Christians that we don't uh, that we don't we don't use. We don't uh, practice in our life. Uh, in for uh, and it should be it should make us more sad uh, when we see that. Then when we see someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ uh, and, uh, and they are, maybe they're praying uh, and that would bother us uh, because, uh, you know, God's not hearing their prayer uh, if, uh, if he's not their heavenly father uh, and not to get into all of that. But um, what should upset us personally uh, is how often uh, we uh, shirk uh, or put off or ignore uh, the privileges that we have under grace. Uh, and so he says, draw near. Now, uh, as I mentioned my grandkids a moment ago, uh, one, of the, one of the things that, um, uh, games that we play, uh, it's not really a game, but it's just what happens. It's like, they're over there, and you want them right here, uh, and you're like, come here. Uh, and, uh, and they don't want to come. They're playing with a toy. Uh, they're pushing buttons on something they shouldn't push buttons on. Uh, and, uh, but you, you want them near, and so you're saying, come, come here, come here now, come here, you know, and, and, uh, and there's that battle that you have uh, with toddlers to do that. And, uh, and, and if I was, uh, I kind of think about God that way uh, towards us in the sense that God wants us to be near him, but he doesn't do us like, a mother to a child or grandfather to a child to where we're saying, come here. And you know, you know all the stuff that happens, like come here and you hear things like, no, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, uh, and all, everything that goes through your mind uh, in, those, in those moments. And uh, I remember uh, with my kids in particular, 
uh, as a, as a as a, a pastor, right? Um, I'll just lay it out there. I get this discouraged uh, and uh, disappointed uh, often uh, in in ministry, uh, and in uh, there are times where with my own kids, uh, uh, I've phrased it different ways over the years, uh, but uh, but but this, but it kind of came out like this oftentimes. Um, I got people that don't listen to me all the time, and when I come home, you're going to listen. <laughs> right? You know, it's just like, you know, I can't get people to do what I want to do out there, but here, he who pays the bills makes the rules. And, uh, and, uh, and so you have all those different cliches. It's like, okay, uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to do uh, what I want you to do. Uh, and, uh, and we, uh, that's, that would be a way that I would take work home. Uh, and, and as I would communicate that, dis, disappointed, discouraged that, uh, that people uh, weren't living for the Lord like they should. Uh, and often, uh, as a pastor, I want people to live for the Lord more than they want it for themselves. Uh, and, uh, and that's tough. That's a hard, it's a hard thing to do uh, and, and, and difficult. So, um, so with, with those things, there's a frustration. Um, but God, God, more or less... Um, doesn't, doesn't treat us like, hey, you know, come here, come here now. Because we would do the same thing. We're like, no, uh, we're, we're too busy. We're playing with our toys. Uh, we're, we're doing everything else. We don't want to, we want to be here. We don't want to be there. Uh, and, uh, but God doesn't, he, he, he says to draw near. He asks us to draw near. And it was a theme for Paul in the book of Hebrews. Not always with the same words, but well, well, let's illustrate it. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter number four uh, briefly. Uh, and look at verse number 16. Um, here it says this in Hebrews 4, verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in time of need. Um, let me just for a second say this. Uh, when, uh, as a Christian, I love my Heavenly Father. Um, I fear my Heavenly Father. In a, God, in a reverence, a reverential fear. Uh, he's an awesome God. Uh, he, is, uh, he loves me and cares for me. Uh, and, uh, but when I, when I pray to him uh, or when I go to him, he says to draw, draw near or come boldly unto the throne of grace. God's throne is a throne of grace. Uh, we have all been in a, a point to where, you know, let's say if we had to go to our earthly father, uh, and to go to him with uh, with some you know something that we did or or whatever, uh, there is a nervousness perhaps or a fear that you know you're going to get a whip in uh, you know whatever the case may be. Um, uh, when we go to God, His throne is always a throne of grace. Uh, and and I try to remind myself that as a Christian, because when I when I go to Him in prayer, that's what He says. And and I go there that I may obtain mercy. Uh, and, and, and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, and there's no better place to find grace than the throne of grace. So, so why wouldn't we go to him in prayer and go to him in that spirit of prayer? But he says, he says to come. He says to draw near. Uh, and, 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 it's, and God, he wants that so much from us. Uh, elsewhere in the Bible, he said he, he'd like to gather us, paraphrasing like, uh, like, like, a, like a chick uh, would, uh, uh, in, uh, like a hen, uh, and he said, you would not. God wants to fellowship with us, um, but, but we're, the, we're the ones that put a hand up uh, and deny him 
uh, in our life. Uh, let's look at Hebrews 7, uh, verse number 25. Again, just establishing the fact that uh, there's a theme that runs throughout uh, this passage. Uh, it says this in verse 25 of chapter number 7, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he liveth to make intercession for them. Uh, and uh, now I, I almost, I, when I read that, um, we know that uh, we live because he lives. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow, we sing that song. We serve a risen Savior. He's a risen, living Savior. Uh, he lives to intercede uh, for us. He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. But personally, and, and, and maybe you don't think this is a great hermeneutical practice, uh, but when I, when I look at that verse, when I say he ever liveth to make intercession for them, I like to read it like that's what he, that's what he lives for. He lives for me. He ever liveth to make intercession for me. He loves me and cares for me. He's, uh, he, he, he loves me. Uh, and so it's a throne of grace. Uh, and, uh, and God, uh, and, and for me, I make a personal application. I know it's, it's not the direct application, but, I, but I, I tell myself that Jesus lives to intercede for me. Um, it's, it's important. To, I'm important to him uh, and, uh, and so I, I never want to forget that. So he says to, he says to come near. Uh, and we know, of course, our text in Hebrews chapter number 10, but look at uh, uh, chapter number 11, if you would, uh, verse number 6. And again, he's establishing, he's not saying a whole lot about faith. All the way through the first uh, 10 chapters, we get into what we would call the hall of faith uh, in Hebrews chapter number 11. And he says this in verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So as we come to God, we believe that he is. We think about drawing near to him with full assurance of faith, uh, which we'll get into in another message, what that all means about being in full assurance. But when we, we go to the throne room of grace, he ever liveth to intercede for me. Uh, he is my, uh, my high priest making intercession. And when I come to him, I must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, so I am to seek him. I'm to seek him diligently and to believe that, uh, that I have access and that I can draw near, and I do, uh, and that I do in assurance of faith and believe, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You ever have somebody, ever have somebody tell you or say something to the extent, well, just because you believe or you do or whatever, that doesn't mean that God loves you more than me. Uh, and uh, there's a part of the truth in the sense that uh, God loves us. Uh, it, it, it shows that I love, I love him more than you might love him. So well, that's not fair. Well, it says if you love me, you keep my commandments. And why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? But, but when there's verses in the Bible that says that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him, doesn't that tend to help us understand and believe that he rewards those that diligently seek him? And that people who are not diligently seeking God aren't rewarded? That there's more rewards? He giveth more grace um, to the humble. So we know that more grace is available and he gives it to the humble that, that, that he resists the proud. Um, so don't buy into this modern stuff that I mention. I mention it all the time because it's so prevalent. Uh, God has laid out expectations for us in the Bible. 
Uh, and he says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Uh, and, uh, and when we go to him, uh, he says, come to me. Uh, and he that comes, uh, he says, believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. So he's established this theme, Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews, uh, and, uh, and under inspiration of God, uh, and, and it's a, a different tone. It's not God saying, come here. He's saying, draw near. And then he, he puts that ball, if you will, in our court. And he says in James 4, he says, draw nigh unto God, and he'll draw nigh unto you. Um, most of, of you, uh, myself included, at one point in our life, uh, perhaps had affection uh, for somebody uh, that was not reciprocal. Um, uh, you liked them, uh, and they didn't like you. Remember when you were a kid, at least when I was a kid, kids now have cell phones or whatever, but back in the day, uh, like uh, you'd, you'd, send, you'd pass somebody a note in school, and it would say something like, you know, if you like me, check yes or no. And, uh, and to get that, that, the anticipation, the nerve that it took to, and the danger it was to just pass that up uh, and your friends not open it up and, uh, and give it to the one up and, uh, and the few uh, you know, desks in front of you for them to open it up. And you, they're pulling out the pen, they're doing that, and for it to come back, pass, 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 they come and you open up and it says, no. <laughs> uh, utter rejection. Uh, and uh, so, we, so we all know what it's like to love and not, and not get loved back. To, to have affection for someone uh, and that not be returned. Um, I feel like we do God that way. He, he, he wants to commune with us. He's created us, by the way, for fellowship uh, with Him. And uh, sin has uh, caused the, you know, the, the ugly uh, you know, part of, of life uh, and, uh, and we're to be reconciled to Him. Uh, but... Um, if you're not close to God today, it's 100% your fault. 100%, 150%, million percent, your fault. He's done everything um, right. Everything that he does is righteous. Everything that he does is just. You could be angry that uh, for whatever, uh, something that happened in your life and you blame God for it. Everything that God does is just and, and it's righteous. Uh, and, uh, and he is love. And he says, you draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh unto you. Um, but, but God, you know, he's not a stalker. He, 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 he's not going to make you love him. He's not going to make you, he's not going to force himself uh, and, uh, uh, in, in whatever and just kind of like, you know, every time you turn around, there's God, uh, you know, uh, you see him, like really see him. Uh, and he's just wanting to be, you know, to be with you and fellowship with you. Uh, and you just, and like God's just chasing you around. You're not wanted. I've, I've actually never had anybody in my life say, God has just been seeking me and seeking me and seeking me. And I'm tired of it. I need a restraining order, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, God, uh, a no contact order from God is how do I get that pastor? Uh, and uh, I just never had that. God's not pushy. And he's not going to, he says, draw nigh, and I'll draw nigh uh, unto you. In, in so many places in the Bible, he, he's, he says, you know, uh, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy, and are heavy laden. He says, I, he, he says his burdens are in his yoke. Those things are light. He invites us uh, to do so, uh, yet we uh, would not let us draw near to him. So I thought, well, 
Uh, he says to draw near. Um, what does that mean? Like, what, is it, what does it really mean? Or how do, I, how do I draw near? It's one thing to know I've got to do something, but it's another thing altogether to know how do I do that. Uh, what, is, what does God want? What does drawing near to God look like uh, in my life as a Christian? So uh, the first thing uh, that I want to mention, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a physical act. It's not a, uh, you're physically, you think of instances in the Bible like the, to, like the, uh, the Tower of Babel incident. Uh, they're going to build a tower up to God. Like they get, you know, they're going to be like God is and draw near. It's like you can't, you can't just you know, build a tower uh, and, and draw physically near to God. Uh, that's not what God's talking about. It's not a, it's not a physical uh, act. It's not even, and disclaimer, uh, uh, much of what we're talking about through our theme is to encourage people uh, to come to church. It's important. It's more important now. Jesus is coming back. Uh, but drawn near to God, it's not a physical act. It's also not necessarily going to church. Um, because there, there, there are people, you can love God uh, and, and not go to church. In fact, um, I, I, I was looking some stuff up on, on the Google uh, earlier this morning. Uh, and, uh, and some of the, like, people say, well, you know, do, does a Christian have to go to church? Uh, and and the, the opinions vary. Some say no, some say yes, some say it's both. Uh, and uh, and f- all the stuff that people, uh, in fact, I thought I heard it all. Uh, but I read some things this morning, some excuses or some reasons about that that I had never heard before. Uh, and uh, so people are getting more creative uh, as time goes on. Uh, and so I don't want you to misunderstand. Going to church is important. Being part of a, of a body that he fits you in. Uh, it's a, an assembly of, of, of saved, baptized believers. Uh, and it has a purpose. And God, the uh, Bible says that Christ gave his life for it. So church is important. But drawing near to God isn't necessarily fully 100% connected to um, a person if they, they go to church because it's not a physical act. It's not uh, necessarily uh, that. It's not, it's not going to an altar. I was pleased last week with the altar response uh, and uh, because there's something about humbling ourselves in prayer before God uh, and, um, um, and always in front of Him but in front of others uh, to where it just shows that we mean business. Uh, and, uh, and we are, um, we just don't have enough time to play spiritual games anymore. Uh, and, and so draw, drawing near to him, uh, you know, what is that? Well, um, uh, it's that we have a relationship with him. That's, that's an important part. And by the way, you can't draw near to him in this way without first uh, him being your um, savior. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, um, we talk about Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, we don't believe in lordship salvation to where somebody says uh, they can't get saved until uh, he's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. Uh, that, I, that he's Lord of my life uh, in salvation because there's a sanctification process. And by the way, we don't, he is Lord. We don't make him Lord. We don't let him be Lord. He is Lord. Uh, and, uh, and there's a distinction to be made. Uh, when I asked Jesus Christ to save me, he forgave me. Uh, he gave me uh, uh, eternal life uh, and a home in heaven and all that he gave me, and, uh, and uh, I recognize him as Lord 
of my life. He was before I got saved. He is after. He is whether I want him to be or not, uh, whether I agree with it. Uh, he is my Lord, uh, and I can't serve two masters, and, uh, and God uh, just deals with that topic uh, in full detail uh, in Scripture. So it's having a, having a fellowship with him. And we can think about a lot of ways uh, to do that. One of the ways uh, is to be in his word. He is the word. To be in there to, to, to do that. The 90-day Bible reading challenge uh, is, is it's important. Uh, it's not just, uh, and you do it not to get a dinner, uh, not to, you know, to achieve that as a goal, uh, but you do it to draw close to him because he says you draw nigh. And how you draw nigh uh, is getting in the word of God and learning of him learning about Him, uh, and, uh, and fellowshipping with Him, uh, praying. Uh, and uh, so to go through, uh, you know, we know I can, I can read my Bible, I can pray, I can spend time with Him, uh, I can meditate on God's Word, I can think about it, uh, I can hide His Word in my heart, uh, I, can, I can pray without ceasing throughout the day, I can, have an, I can be in a spirit and an attitude of prayer, uh, I can walk with Him and I can talk with Him uh, along uh, life's way. Um, those are ways that we draw near to Him uh, in fellowship. Uh, but it's, 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 it's more than that. It's, it's not settling for a Christian life that is at a distance from Him, which I believe a lot of Christians do. We're content with showing up to church on a Sunday morning uh, and, uh, and um, uh, not spending time with Him. We're not going to go around the room and do that, but we could just ask, how many of you, how many of you prayed today for um, five minutes? Uh, how many of you spent time in your Bible and, uh, and uh, in fellowship with Him uh, just, to, just to get with Him? It's just you, you've, you've got to, otherwise you just miss it. It's just part of your life. You love to be with Him. You don't live at a distance. Uh, they say, what's that saying? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, not with God. Um, when, we're, when we're absent from His presence, when we don't fellowship with Him, uh, our hearts grow cold uh, and, and, and dark. Uh, we, it affects us in so many ways. Our behavior, everything is affected by that. So He says, draw near. He says, draw near to me. Uh, and uh, we do so uh, by fellowshipping with Him and not settling for a Christian life that's at a distance from Him. And, uh, and uh, uh, God is to, not to be a distant thought but a near and present reality. Um, I know life is busy, uh, and there are a lot of things that, uh, that demand our attention. Um, but, but all through the day, every day, God should be front of mind 24-7. Um, we, we read the examples in the Bible and how many times a day, they that seek me early shall find me, on and on and on. Uh, in, in, uh, again, um, praying without ceasing, being in a spirit of prayer, uh, and uh, should be uh, on our thought. There shouldn't be, a, a, you know, you should be, oh, um, I should be thinking about God today. We should just always be thinking about Him. Um, it, it, our thoughts of Him should permeate everything that we do. Uh, it should motivate us in our work. Uh, he, you know, we know the eyes of the Lord in every place. And again, it's not just, it's not, um, if, if your spirit is, um, when we read verses that the eyes of the Lord in every place, uh, that you can't hide from God, like God's just out to get you. That's not what he's trying to communicate to us. He's saying he's everywhere and we should want to please him. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, if it's sinful and it's wrong uh, when you're in Puyallup, uh, it's sinful and wrong when you're on vacation. 
If it's a, if it's a sin uh, out there, it's a sin in your house. Uh, and uh, we somehow think that, uh, that uh, we've got some kind of weird loophole uh, when it comes to uh, our living for the Lord. So there's a lot of things. We, when we align uh, things like our priorities uh, with God's, um, if we love Him, He says He gives us the desires of our heart. It means He gives us the right desires. Not that He gives us what we want because our hearts are desperately wicked. Uh, and so when we walk with Him, He gives us the right desires. We desire the things of God. We desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. We see the Bible uh, as more than our necessary food. I got excited yesterday. I had a box. You ever, um, I know this is probably the case for a lot of you. You order so many things on Amazon that it's like a surprise every time you open a box. Like you don't know what it is. Like what, it, what could this be? Uh, you, you ordered it, but you've got so many boxes coming. Uh, you're surprised every time. It's like Christmas every day. And uh, so I had this box and I'm like, what is this? And it was kind of heavy and I, I was getting something and I thought it was a book. I, I know I ordered a book. And, and, uh, and so uh, I broke into the first and there was another layer. Uh, another box in there, and so I opened it up, and it was my two boxes of pasta that I had ordered last week, I said. Uh, you know, I said I was uh, not, I, was, I didn't have to preach, and so I was, uh, whatever, and I would ordered some uh, fancy pants uh, noodles from, uh, from, uh, from Italy, and uh, I was excited about that. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking of all the things I could make. Uh, and uh, my wife, you know, you know, she just shakes her head. You know, it's like they're noodles, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, but they're special magic noodles uh, from Italy. Uh, and uh, and so uh, I, I'm thinking of all the food I can make, or I'm going to make this and that, whatever. And I, I get excited. I enjoy food. Um, but do you get that excited about the Bible? And 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 when we say we are to desire it more than our necessary food. Um, you know, we, um, we don't go very long without it, without food. Um, but, but you can, you can go, uh, you know, they say you can, a man could live or whatever three days without water, 40 days or whatever without food could be longer. Um, how long can you live without your Bible? Uh, and, uh, you know, um, we ever been at, if you're on a desert island, you have, you know, whatever, you can take so many things with you. How many of you picked the, your Bible? Um, you, you, can't, you can't be stranded on a desert island without that. And uh, we just, uh, shamefully, uh, we don't love it like we should. Our thoughts, our behaviors, um, all those things uh, align with what he prescribes for our life. It's drawn, it's drawn near to him. Now over to James chapter number four. Um, so there are many ways that we can describe it. Uh, what drawing near to God looks like, but he particularly here in James chapter number four uh, tells us what we're supposed to do as well. In verse number eight, he says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse ye your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you're double-minded. What he's basically saying is when you draw near to God, there's two things that need to take place. You need to confess your sin uh, and and get your your thought life um, where it needs to be. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So if I want to draw nigh to God, um, I get right with him. Uh, and it aligns up with what, he's, what uh, Paul said in, in Hebrews about uh, how he draw it not near with full assurance and, uh, and talks about the, the, the purity and the cleanliness of it, uh, describes how we're to approach God. 
uh, with our life. So, uh, so if I want to draw near to Him, which He says I'm supposed to do in full assurance of faith, uh, it means that I confess sin, I cleanse my hands, and I purify my hearts, ye double-minded. Uh, and, and that really describes where most Christians are today, double-minded. Double-minded and two-faced. Um, hypocritical. Uh, I was talking with somebody before the service about stuff like that and, uh, and you know, being hypocritical. And, and I said there were a lot of reasons um, to preach this message in line with our theme. And I, and I really want you to understand that you have access to God and you're to draw near to Him. And He wants to fellowship with you. Uh, and, uh, but um, I was watching uh, a couple different uh, videos uh, in... Um, of, of pastors that were uh, being called out for some stuff. And uh, one of them was a, um, uh, a pastor. He's a knuckle brain uh, in Arizona. And, uh, and he um, uh, showed their church services, and people were just, uh, you know, going crazy about this. And um, somebody who was new to the church um, or something um, came up the aisle with their Bible. They wanted to, they were interrupting the service. And, uh, and so the guy's like, you know, um, what are you doing? You know, and he's, just, he's, he's railing in this guy. And by the way, it's inappropriate for him to do so. But um, uh, the man coming and as well as uh, the, the pastor, uh, and he's like, get out of here. Uh, and grabbing, they physically removed the guy uh, and threw him out of the church or whatever. And then he went on this tirade about he's the man of God uh, and uh, on and on and on. Uh, and it's so people were having a hard time about that. And it's, uh, you know, no matter what you think, but that was his, he's like, he's a man of God. People were going nuts. Another instance uh, was uh, a pastor uh, who is also uh, a knucklehead. Uh, and, uh, and he, uh, some kids were, um, messing around in, the, in the, the balcony or something, and he just lit them up. Uh, and, um, and just, it was, it was rough. And uh, he's, an, he's, I don't study 40 hours a week, and, uh, and blah, 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 and just ripped their heads off. Uh, and, uh, of course, people have a hard time with that. Uh, and one of, the, one, of the, one of the things is, is kind of like um, the adage is, if you have to tell people you're the boss, you're not the boss. Uh, which there's a lot of truth to that. And uh, I, was just think, I was just thinking about that, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, how do you communicate? And, and to be honest, there's, like, there's times where, uh, as a pastor, as I confessed earlier, you get discouraged or whatever. And yesterday I was sharing some of those thoughts uh, uh, with someone or the day before. Uh, and uh, uh, and uh, let me tell I, I'm not going to get up here and tell you, you know, I'm the man of God or whatever, but let me tell you something that I'm not. Uh, I am not a lukewarm support group facilitator. That's what I'm not. Um, God didn't give you a pastor to pat you on the back and rub your head every week and just convince you that, you know, you just really got to go to church. It's important. Um, And uh, God says he hates lukewarmness. He says you'd be hot or cold. He says it makes him sick. He'll spew you out of his mouth. Um, we, We ride the fence uh, we were half in and half out um, uh, when I said, so much the more as you see the day approaching, there are people uh, in, in this church like, I, you know, I'm not going to church more than Sunday. Forget it. I you know, don't even have to ask. And there's a part of me as a pastor that goes, I know that's a big ask. And I, and I can just, I can just in, my, I, in my mind, I can just picture the people who are just like, 
not going to buy into it. Um, this, isn't, this isn't a lukewarm support group. This is a local church assembly um, that God says is important uh, and, uh, and we are to provoke one another unto love and good works is so much as you see the day uh, approaching, God is coming back. It's more important. It's more important next week than it is this week. You say, well, where are you getting at with all that? Why make that comment? Because I'm, I'm sharing with you uh, my mind and heart on the matter. Uh, we pick themes, I do, based on the direction of the Lord uh, and things that he points out and what we need. And, uh, and what we need um, as a church uh, is for people uh, to, uh, to draw near to God and to get close to God uh, and, and to get serious about their relationship with God and their fellowship with God. We need, we need church members um, to not make excuses uh, for missing the assembly. Um, for not, we need church members that don't elevate recreational activities and work and other things and put those things before God. Uh, it's, it says you can't serve God and mammon. You'll love the one and hate the other. Uh, and, but again, we think we can do, we can do it all. We can, we can do that. I can go to church. Uh, he says, be in the world, but not of the world. But somehow we think uh, that, uh, that uh, we, can, we, can, we can do it all. And we can't. Um, I'm reading this book called Monotasking. Um, and I've known for a long time, a lot of people think they're great multitaskers. I'm, I'm just multitasking, Pastor. What that means is, is that you're just doing a lot of things terrible. Uh, and uh, because you can only really do one thing well at a, at a time. And, uh, and so that's the idea of the book. Uh, and, uh, but as smart as all those people are and all the books have been written uh, on being single-eyed, God kind of cornered the market on it a long time ago in the Word of God. Um, you have to set your affection, affections on things above. And so, so we've got to get serious about it. So how do we do that? We recognize that we're not or where we're not, and we confess that to God in prayer, uh, and, uh, and we decide not to be double-minded that we're going to be single-eyed, and that God is going to be our focus. Um, because we're running out of time. And, 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 and even if you don't look at it from God's prophetical timeline and, and His return and, uh, and, uh, and the, the world or whatever as a whole and, uh, and all of its issues and all of its needs, um, you have no promise, you personally have no promise for tomorrow. You don't know if you're going you're gonna to be around. None of us has a promise. I mean, we think we have plans. I mean, I got plans for tomorrow that involve fancy spaghetti noodles. Okay, if I'm here, I'm going to make them. But I have no promise for tomorrow. And, uh, and, the, and the, Lord could, the rapture could take place even. The Lord could come back. And, and I would want, if, if I were you or I, as a, I'm a member of this church as well, I'd want to be like, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to get it right, and I'm going to, I'm going to put God it, back on the throne of my life uh, and not be double-minded. And I'm, I'm going to make that decision at an altar. And then if the, if the Lord shows up in the clouds, at least you got that. I made the decision. 
But, but what would it be like if, if I said what I just said right now, and you go to lunch, and, uh, and, and the rapture takes place, and you're like, mm. He just preached it, and you still didn't do it. Why? Because it's not important. Other things are more important. And um, so it's sad that we have all that we have in God's word, and, and God, is, God is so good, and he, he lays out in, in, the, in, in Paul, and he writes it, and, and it lays out such a wonderful case of who God is, and he says, therefore, do this and draw near. And we go, hmm, uh, okay, um, not today. Um, one day, maybe, if I'm not too busy enjoying all the blessings he's given us, then, then I might draw near. Um, it's easy to draw near to God on your cancer bed. Something bad happens. You know, I can imagine, I can imagine uh, Jonathan and Amanda today. I guarantee you they're right with God. Praying everything. God help us. Confess every sins. Confess just making stuff up. Confessing everything. Not even knowing God and the stuff that I forgot. But please, would you answer our prayers? It's easy to draw near to God in those moments. But when everything is going good and you're sitting in a local church and you're just hearing a sermon thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, in your, in your challenge with the fact that you're supposed to draw near to God and what it means to do that, do you just listen to it and then you just leave and, and don't? Um, unfortunately, that happens a lot. So don't let it happen today. Just draw close to Him. If you're not close to God, it's your fault. <laughs> Fix it. It's easy um, by simple faith and prayer. Let's all stand with our heads bowed today and